Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Well, good morning and happy Father's Day to all the dads in the room and those joining us online. We are so grateful for you today, and we're honored that you chose to spend your morning right here with us. And hey, we're going to worship God this morning, so I want to invite you to go ahead and stand to your feet. That's right, we're going to bring the energy. We're going to praise God together this morning. Let's put those hands together.
All right, we're bringing you guys a new song this morning. This song is about transformation, about how God turns our mourning to dancing, our shame into glory, and our graves into gardens. I've searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise, treasures of faith, are never enough. You came along, put me back together.
Come on, Real Life Church, let's give it up big for God this morning. Come on. Let's pray, God, we just give you the glory this morning because we know without a shadow of a doubt that the words of that song are true. You are for us this morning, God. God, I want to lift up every dad in this room, every father, every grandfather, everyone that just pours into their family, God, your truth. Everyone that just makes sure that their house is in order because, God, they set the example. They set the tone by their love and their service to you this morning. God, we just give it all to you. Thank you so much for this worship set, God, that we can just come to your throne this morning. And God, be with Pastor Sean as he, as you just speak through him today. Come on, real life. Can I hear a huge amen today? Amen. Give it up to God. Come on. Man, I tell you what, let me say, real life church to all the dads out there, happy Father's Day. And, and you know what? We want to do it up big for you. We don't want to just be ordinary on Father's Day. So instead of a, a, a golf clap or a cheer, we're going to do something a little more manly. So, And you got to do this with me or I will look so dumb up here. First gathering scared me. But no, seriously, guys, let's give a big for all the dads. Come on, real life. That's good. All right, that was bad. All right, have a seat. Have a seat. Uh, I'm not going to beat you up if you didn't. That's okay. But hey, Seriously, welcome to Real Life Church. Happy Father's Day. I want to give a huge shout out to Real Life Church online. Maybe you're watching this later on YouTube or listening to the podcast. Wherever you are digitally, I just want to say welcome and happy Father's Day to all of you. So now's a good time if you're watching live. Throw up some likes, throw up some hearts, type ooh, ooh, ooh in the comments. Maybe find a gif or something, or is it gif? Jared, you'll let me know after. But hey, <laughs> sorry, but hey. We're just so glad you're here. And there's going to be a link coming up here in a second that I want you to click on. And and if you're here in the gathering, I want you to get your phone out right now. If you are brand new with us today, and I want you to text RLNEW to 97000. Okay, if you're brand new, you've never done that before, text that number. And when you do, a member of our connection team would love to reach out to you at some point this week. And when I say reach out digitally, only. No one from Real Life Church ever stops at your door without you knowing about it first. Can I get an amen on that? Woo, it's kind of weird, isn't it? That was weird pre-COVID. Now I just feel like, dude, why are you showing up at the house? Anyway, I digress. <laughs> but no, seriously, though, we want to we reach out to you this week, and we want to see how your Sunday morning went. We want to answer any questions that you might have about Real Life Church, and we want to see how can we be praying for you this week? How can we be praying for your family this week? So reach out to us. We really would love to hear from you. If you're here in the room, please don't leave without stopping by our new here booth. It's right out here in the hub. And we have a small gift for you. Just our way of saying thanks for being here at Real Life Church today. Adding on to that, any of us that are wearing these name tags would love to connect with you also, okay? So even if you don't come down for prayer later and all that stuff, come talk to us. We really do want to meet you and get to know you. You're valued to us here at Real Life Church. You know, Real Life Church is a church on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And you know, we say that in a lot of ways. One of the ways we love to say it, we're a church for the unchurched, okay? What, that might sound weird to some of you, but if you really think about it, this is a place that someone that doesn't know anything about God never cracked open a Bible, doesn't know the truth about who Jesus is, what better place to be than here? 
right? We don't exist just to say stories to each other and, and spout off some Bible verses that people already know. Man, we're, we're on a mission here in Cass County. Can I get an amen on that? There are empty chairs in this room. There are more rows we could be putting out, and we'll keep doing that until everyone in Cass County has heard the good news. And one thing I love about this church is whether they do it here with us at Real Life or somewhere else that God's calling them, man, it's that important to us. So I would just encourage you to be thinking about how you play a part in that mission, what God's calling you to do. And I want to give you a little challenge, okay? It's an easy challenge. I want you to think, what would happen if you gave God the next three Sundays to coming back and worshiping with us at Real Life Church. See what God's call is on your life. See what his purpose and plan is for you. I want to encourage you to think on that and pray on that today, okay? Awesome. Well, hey, it's Father's Day. You know we're going to do it up big. Some of you already got a sneak peek of the donuts. Some of you have already partook or partaken in the donuts, and that's okay. I'm not calling you out, Randy Smith. That's okay. That's okay, man. You see a donut, you got to get a donut. I get that. I feel that. I love you, bro. <laughs> but seriously, though, you know we're going to do it up big, and, and all that stuff's fun. But, man, Sean is going to just bring an awesome word today. And, you know, I, I always have the pleasure of already having heard it, but lives are going to be changed. Oh, we're going to clap for him in a minute. You know we're going to clap for Sean Petrie. God's going to change some lives today, though, seriously. Dads, men, uncles, grandfathers, it, it, men in leadership, and, and women, you too, of course, but, you know, Father's Day. Really be paying attention. Because Sean's going to speak some hard words today. He's going to speak some hard truths. And I'll speak for myself, man. There's some stuff just before today didn't even know that I had stirring up in me. It's going to be one of those messages, all right? So I'll be serious with you for a minute. Be paying attention because there are voices that tell you you are not good enough as a man, that you're not good enough as a father. There are voices that make you question yourself every day. But, man, that's noise, because God has got a word of truth that he's going to stir up in you today if you just listen, if you just follow along today. Give it up for Pastor Sean Petrie. Come on, man. This is going to be a good one. He needs to put it down. Give it up. <laughs> Drew ate his spiritual Wheaties. Come on. Happy Father's Day, Drew. I love it. Hey, can we go for all our dads one more time? Happy Father's Day. Give a huge welcome. Come on. Man. Today's going to be a fun day. Man, I love those dads who always get to teach all our kids all the fun stuff, you know. It just seems that way. Uh, my dad, he, I don't know, probably like your dad, just kind of went a little against the grain. Um, but I'm 14 years old. My dad taught me how to drive a car. And a 1984 Mercury Marquee, come on, somebody. That thing burned so much smoke, it killed all the insects behind you. You couldn't see the car behind you. You pulled up to the stoplight. Uh, my dad always said it drove like a Porsche. Towed behind a school bus. Come on, somebody. Like, you, you had no steering at all. You, you go 10 to 2, it wouldn't even turn the wheel, you know? And so it's a perfect car to drive on. It was like a boat. You just aimed it. You didn't steer it. You just pointed. You kept correcting to the item. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so we were down at Lake Roads cruising around. And uh, I love when we get done the first lesson. And my dad looks at me and says, whatever you do, don't tell your don't tell your mom. That's right. And uh, they were divorced, so it made it better. So she found out I was driving. She was about to kill him. Um, but, yeah, that's all part of the fun you have with dad, right? Dads are crazy. We do crazy stuff. It's, it's a miracle we're even alive, you know, uh, especially with 4th July coming up. Come on, somebody. Any pyros in the house? <laughs> there you go. It will burn. That's like the Petri-like slogan, right? It will burn. It don't, it don't matter what it is. It will burn. <laughs> 
Okay, that's good. Uh, next week there won't be a building anymore. We lit, they have put on fire, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, my dad, we'd always get like a five-gallon bucket of mortars, and that's all we blew up, just mortar after mortar and mortar. And uh, one year, he, he was, I don't know what got in him. Um, he's not much of a drinker, so it wasn't that. And uh, he decided to put a, we got to lick the Ozarks. It kind of goes hand-in-hand. But he put a pipe on his arm, like a exhaust pipe for like a dryer. And it'd just be like a good idea to like line it with bottle rockets and get a propane torch, because that's how you light fireworks. Come on, somebody. That's the real way of doing it. Just saying, it's nice. But anyway, he's out there. He's on the Gatling gun. He gets out on the dock, and he lights them up, and it's all fun and games until all the sparks start flying. You know what I'm talking about? It's burning him. He's screaming, oh, my God, look at this. That's what I learned how to do for my dad. So, you know, half gallon of gasoline, a lot of fire. That's all fun stuff. But I was curious for you guys, what is something special your dad taught you? Can you think of something that just like, man, my dad was unique. He taught me how to maybe shoot a rifle, mow over a snapping turtle. Come on, somebody. You know, which I did learn from my dad, by the way. Vicious creatures. Um, but, hey, anybody, anybody have a story from their dad that you learned growing up? Something crazy. Come on. The, over here in the front. Okay, anybody else? Holly does, man. Then the back, you're really excited back. Ooh, me. I can't see you back that far, but I see a hand. All right, let's go over here. Trying to feedback this mic. All right, hook me up, Mason. Taught me how to work with technology. Dude, technology. That is crazy. I'm just kidding. That's awesome. So you learned how to use computers? No, I learned how to hack. Oh, come on. <laughs> Boom. Dude, I love your dad. That's awesome. I learned how to hack. I've been wondering our church system all these glitches lately. I don't know what's going on with that. That's awesome. Well, we know if you need some hacking done up here in the front, just charge a small fee. All right, Holly, what do you got? So my dad was a butcher growing up, so he taught me how to, uh, I can butcher a cow, a hog, and a deer. Carve them up, too. Come on. <laughs> she looks so innocent, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, if you need your hog cut up or you get a deer, let us know. Holly will hook you up. All right, somebody was way back here. Oh, there we go. Oh, man, this is going to be good. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna make Rob proud. My dad always said that if you're going to street race, you better run faster than the person behind you so you don't get pulled over. <laughs> if you're going to street race, you better go faster than the person behind you. Don't get pulled over. Rob, teach a child the way she go, and she should not depart from it. Nice work, Rob. Rob, you been caught yet? <laughs> they got bail money ready for them. It's awesome. So, Man, dads always teach us the craziest stuff, don't they? There's always like that dad story. So I went down to the lake this last Sunday, and uh, first thing my dad does is he's prepared a bonfire, you know, like all week long. It's like, this is the moment, you know. And so there's a couple of limbs that washed up and need to be cut. So he's like, this is a good time to teach my boy, Jack, who's four years old, how to use a chainsaw. Come on, somebody. I mean, legit, gets the chainsaw going. This is how you do it. Putting your hands like this, hold there. I got it, I got it, I got it. All right, and he's cutting. I'm like holding one part of limbs. He's cutting it, you know, and dying. My, you know, my wife's just sitting there like, oh, my gosh, this is unreal, you know. And so my, Jack has come to limbs. I'm pretty sure the DFS should have been called, you know, or something like that. Department of Labor for sure. This is my life growing up, you know. Just like, he's four. He can do these kind of things. And so this is what we do with our dads. And he, my dad, without missing a beat, he, he looks at me, and he says this. He goes, man, I can't wait till your mom finds out about my grandma, which she's probably watching right now. So, uh, yeah, give it up for my mom. Come on, somebody. It's Father's Day, but she's, she's mad. I'm going to get a phone call. Like, what did you let your boy do? You know, but dads is all like fun and games, but then sometimes it, it's, it's not just fun and games, right? Like, I think for all of us, and maybe most or not all of us, have some kind of wound in our past from our dads. You know, we have all these fun memories, maybe we have these great memories, but for all of us, there's something maybe missing in the past. And I think for a lot of us, there may be some words that were spoken over us growing up. Or maybe like me, which I'm going to tell my story in a little bit, there's some words that weren't spoken, but they spoke a whole lot. I mean, for some of you guys, you've never met your real dads. Some of you have never even seen them. Some of you guys have been removed from your dads. There's so many families that are broken. Some of you guys, your dads are in prison. 
Some, some, some of you dads, the, the words of the pastors hurting you today. For, for some of you, it was rocky at best. Now, some of you, come on, you got an awesome dad. Who's got an awesome dad in the house? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Get up for Barry. <laughs> oh, you changed your shirt, Barry. <laughs> yeah, you can't show that one in public too much, huh? Just around the friends. Somebody, he was almost perfect or something like that. So close. Yeah, so close. Nice work. But the wounds of the past can hurt us. And those words from my dad can just drive us to do things. I grew up in a split home. And uh, my dad and my mom, they separated when I was real young, three or four years old. And, um, and so I saw my dad every other weekend. And then my stepdad uh, and, and his uh, kids, so I had three step siblings, they'd come by the other weekend. So like one weekend was like uh, Jerry Springer. You know, it was like six, eight of us rolling around, right? Like just in the big parks and rec van, had our own baseball team. Come on, somebody, right? And then the next weekend, I'd go down to Warrensburg and I'd hang out with my dad. He owned a jewelry store. And so um, just crazy stories with this. But so every week I see my dad, but my dad, he wasn't always there. Like, and I know my dad loves me. I'm going to disclosure. You know, my dad loves me. <laughs> my dad's there for me. My dad's proud of me. I know all this stuff, but he just never said it. Okay. And so growing up, I didn't see my dad a lot of stuff. Like he didn't come to a lot of school functions. Matter of fact, he came to two school functions. Eighth grade football, we played center, middle school, got destroyed. It was alma mater, so he had to go to the, had to go to the game. And then he went to one of my high school halftime shows. I was in the band. And those are two times my dad showed up to the school functions. And it's crazy that I was thinking about to write this message, like, it's crazy I can name those. <laughs> like, you always remember those two things. It's like the opposite. It should be, right? But my dad was, he's kind of like a workaholic, you might say. Like, he just gets after it, and he loves us, but he just has a weird way of showing it. You got a dad like that, right? Because maybe he's a little different. And so for me, like, my dad wasn't there really emotionally. Like, he didn't really offer a lot of advice or, man, how you doing? Or, hey, son, I love you. Hey, I'm proud of you. Um, he just never said those things. Like, he had his way of saying it. Come on, somebody. But he never said it the way you should say it. Like, it's never really from the heart. It never was there. And I didn't realize how much that affected me until I was older. I was in college, and I was 20 years old, and I was refing this Mighty Might football team, okay? This is like first grade through sixth grade, different teams and stuff. And by the way, I will say, um, you parents are just crazy when it comes to refereeing, you know? Like, you're never right as a ref. Come on, somebody, right? You dads, happy Father's Day, right? I had a dad step out on the field, and you got to realize these fields, they roll because they're like, in the outfields of baseball fields, or is in, it's a small town. All right, but you can't even see the line. This kid must have stepped out or something. You couldn't see it. And so his dad, he steps out. This is like Happy Gilmore moment. He's like, hey, ref, you suck. It's like, thank you. Like, <laughs> what do you say? It's like, you're never right. You're never going to win. And I remember after one of these games, this kid ran to the sideline. And his dad knelt down again, big hug. He said, I'm so proud of you. I love you. And I'm like reffing the game like, <laughs> what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Like, this is weird. You're not supposed to cry. Like, this way, what, what's, what's going on? You know, it's like, there's something I don't worry about it. It's a good call. It's a good call. Don't worry. You know, it's like all, the, you just, all these emotions. Like, I've never seen a dad love his kid like that. Like, I've never seen it. My, my entire life, I've never seen somebody grump their kid and give them this giant hug and loves them. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I was just, maybe I grew up in that kind of crazy life. I don't know. But for some of us, we have these wounds that run so deep in our hearts, like these wounds from the Father, like the wounds from people we're looking up to. And for some of you guys, you're running, just running from your dad. Some of you guys never stopped running. Or you did the opposite. You ran so hard to prove yourself to your dad. Some of you guys did that. Like you are so good. You're like a 4-0. Like you're the best of the best. You work super hard because you're trying to impress the old man. Some of us have done that. Some of us quit on ourselves. Some of us thought, well, we'll never measure up. Maybe we're driven to an unhealthy degree. And I believe today that you now are in that spot of your dad. For some of like for me, I'm a dad now. I'm a leader. And those wounds are like in me. 
You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you've been there before, like those empty voids in your life that are in your heart or left by your father. Now we're leaders. And I believe today God wants to give a word of healing to us as men. Come on, somebody. God just has a word for you today. I got one clap. I like that. There you go. I didn't have to preach a message after those two songs, but I'm going to preach a message, I'm telling you. But there's a word of healing in your life today as a father speaks into you. The words of life. The words that change you, transform your heart from the inside out. So this message is dedicated to us as men, to us as sons and daughters who need a word of healing. They need a word from some, to, to bring us back, the restoration of victory, of identity, of hope, of encouragement in our lives today. So I'm going to do, I'm going to go two different places in the Bible where God the Father speaks to the Son. There's only two times in the Bible that the Father audibly says words to his Son. I believe they're so important for us as men, for us as leaders, us as parents today. And so I'm going to turn there. It's in Luke chapter 3. This is the first time God the Father speaks to Jesus. It's in Luke chapter 3, verse 21. This happens at Jesus' baptism. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. I love this. Jesus set the example for us. If you're going to follow God, you're getting baptized. And this marks the beginning of his public ministry. So at this point, he's done nothing public with the gospel. He's done nothing public to lead. It's all been behind the scenes. And he's 30 years old, and now it's time to start his ministry. He gets baptized. And it says, when he was praying, heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. I love this. Here's the Trinity, right? Here's the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, all showing up to mark the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And these words are so encouraging for us today. These three things that the Father says to the Son, he says this, you are what? You are my but you are my son. Man, that's who you are. That you are mine. This is your identity, son. You are mine. Second thing is this. He says, whom what? Whom I? Man, I love you. Third thing, with you, I am well. Man, I'm well pleased. Man, I'm so proud of you. Man, you are mine. Man, I'm pleased with you, and I love you. Man, these are the only words, come on, somebody, spoken from a father to a son. I don't know what words are spoken in your life, but it weren't those words for me. Like it was like the opposite words. And this is such an incredible passage because here you are, Jesus is at the beginning of his ministry. Like he hasn't started anything yet. He hasn't proven himself yet. He hasn't healed anyone yet. He has preached zero messages. Matter of fact, he has a record number of zero trained disciples. Come on, somebody. Like he is, by all standards, has done nothing. He is standing at the starting block of his ministry, and the first thing his dad says to him is, I'm proud of you, I love you, and you are mine. Man, what a shot in the arm to life. Come on. I believe this today, your father is in heaven, and he is saying the same thing about you. No matter where you are on your journey, he is for you. Come on, somebody. He is with you. He is proud of you. He loves you. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to take a step of faith. He wants all of you. You are his child, and he's reaching out to you today, speaking words of life into your soul. Can I tell you today that he is proud of you? You don't have to prove yourself to God. Come on, somebody. I mean, you can get saved and you can still work to be a Christian. But that's not what God's called you to do. When you were saved, you were saved from having to prove yourself. 
You came to Christ. You came with nothing. You don't have anything to prove to God. He gave all to you on the cross. You don't have to run from your past. You don't have to clean up your mess. You don't have to measure up. You don't have to earn his love. Come on, he formed you. Your body, who you are, is his, and he loves you today. Come on. This is good news for me, apparently, but it's good news for you. I'm telling you, it's good news that your dad in heaven has a different message than maybe your earthly father said to you or maybe completes the message. Man, how different would your story have been if your dad set you aside and said, boy, you got this. I'm behind you 100% no matter where you run. I'm with you. I'm proud of you. You are mine. See, that's my boy right there. See that last name, Petrie? Yeah, that's my boy right there. That's my boy. How different would your life have been? I know for some of us, it may have changed the course of the direction we went. Some of us, it may have ran a different direction with our life. But today, no matter where our life has taken us, we get the privilege of saying this to other people. We get the privilege of sitting our own kids down. Come on, somebody. Where's my dad's in the house? We get to sit our boys down, and we get to tell them, boy, I love you. I'm for you. I am proud of you. You please me. I'm happy for you. I've got your back. I'm beside you. I'm, every, I'm in your phone line. Come on, somebody. Right? I'm with you. And we get to do that as dads. But oftentimes we, we just don't say it. Like we have it here, but we, we don't say it from here. Like that's what we do because we're men. Come on, somebody, right? Like we macho men. We don't want to say it. But our stories, we can change a generation of people. Can I tell you, Dave, the wounds of the son are always healed by the words of the father. But the wounds of the son are always healed by the words of the father. This is what God's going to do in your life. God's going to speak some words into your life. In 2009, I was a youth pastor at a church, and I'd been serving for a few years, and I was still pretty young in the ministry, still sorting things out. I've been through Bible college and already had my, you know, football experience crying on the sidelines as a ref. Come on, somebody, you know. And uh, I get in the ministry, and I'm still struggling with this idea, you know, because I've never seen a family like that. I've never seen that kind of love and from a father to a son. And I remember a man in my life named Steve McKenzie, he pulled me aside one time. He said, hey, Sean, here's what you got to do. you got to replace the words of your earthly father with the words of your heavenly father. I'll never forget it. Because I was running, and I was, like, pushing and trying to prove myself. And it's like, man, forget that. Like, you don't have to do that with God. And today I believe God's going to speak a fresh word in your life. Because I believe as fathers, you can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. Like, if you don't know who you are or whose you are, you can't give that to your kids. Come on. Like, if you're running, you don't know where to plant your feet. And this is, might be the biggest point today, but you don't, if you have never been loved deeply, you cannot love others deeply. Like, if you've never experienced the love of God in your life, you can't give that love to your kids. Come on, somebody. Like, you got to feel something in your soul. Like, you can't look into somebody's eyes and be like, man, I love you, even though they're being terrorists and they're farting during a wedding service last night. Come on, somebody. Like, you, you, you can't. It's true. I had to go outside and start running laps around the building. Just how fast can you go? Like, you're killing me here, right? I mean, it's just, of course, like the only kids, you know, it's like, oh, man, we're those guys, you know. I mean, I was choking them out. I, was, I mean, in Jesus' name, come on, somebody, you know. It's like, in Jesus' name. I was like, dude, I'm going to beat you if you don't be quiet right now. I was like bribing with money, candy, and there was just kind of brutality, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, but you have that. Like, how do you really truly love somebody through the mess? Like, how can you love somebody that walks away or doesn't return your phone call or stabs you in the back? Like, it's only from the love of the Father you can give true love to somebody. And you have to experience that for yourself. And you can't give confidence if you don't have confidence in yourself. You can't give godly confidence to your kids if you never had the godly confidence of God in your life. Like, you have to have these things, and God wants to give them to you. I just know it as, as our church, as leaders, like, people rise to the level of confidence you put in them. If you believe in somebody, guess what? They're up like this. Like, they're trying hard. They're working hard. They're doing things. Yeah, they're failing sometimes, but you know what? They're growing. 
But if we're just pulling people down, like, oh, you can't do it. Oh, you haven't been around long enough. You're not, you're not good enough. Oh, I mean, we tried before. No, 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 no. Like, we're not tearing down our kids. I always got this line, yeah, that's my boy. What an idiot. Yeah, look at him doing that thing. You know, right? We've done that, haven't we? It's like, what is he doing over there? Yeah, that's just him. But instead, it should be the complete opposite. No, 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 that's my boy. That's my boy right there. He's got my last name. I'm proud of that boy. He's going to do great things for me. I believe today that the words of the Father are going to transform you guys. You're going to leave here with a new identity, maybe a new purpose. Maybe you have a new love for people. Maybe you have a bigger confidence in your life. And I believe it's not going to just transform you, but it's going to transform a generation behind you, a generation in front of you, a generation upon generation. Look at the second time the Father speaks to the Son. This is the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. It says this, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up high on the mountain by themselves. I love this. So Jesus, he has disciples, 12 disciples. He's got way more, but there's like a circle of 12 that's kind of a close circle. And he's got an inner circle of three, Peter, James, and John. These are like the leaders of the leaders of the disciples. And so he says, hey, look, I'm going to take you up this mountain. What's going to happen is you're going to see something, and it's going to change your life forever. There's going to be a transformation that's going to take place in your heart. You're going to hear some words that are going to drastically move your destiny. There's going to be something about you that's going to be different when you leave this mountain. Like you're going to come up here and you're going to leave differently. Like you're going to experience something you only experience from God the Father. There's some words that are going to be spoken. I believe this when it said that they went up the mountains by themselves. I just believe when you get alone with Jesus, something special happens. I just believe when you crack open the Bible when it's not at church or in a life group, and you just get with Jesus, I believe something special happens. I believe something special happens when you just open the Bible and say, God, just give me something. Like, I need a word today. God, who am I? Man, do you love me? You start searching, and you start falling in love with Jesus, and all of a sudden, your entire destiny changes because you're no longer focused on things around you. You're just focused on the audience of one, Jesus himself. And so Peter, James, and John, they go up to the top of this mountain, and there Jesus, it says Jesus was transfigured. In other words, he was transformed from something physical in nature to something supernatural in nature. And it says his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. We talked about this a few weeks ago in Exodus 34 where the glory of God shone through. It's the kind of glory of God, this light of God, the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, the forgiveness of God, the mercy of God, the love of God cannot be contained. And so it shines like a bright light, and all of a sudden, Jesus' face shone before them. We sang about this in the blessing. May his face shine before you. And Peter, James, and John, they get a picture of the glory of God. And in this moment, just then appeared, last verse appeared before them, Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Now, I love this. I mean, all of a sudden, Jesus being transfigured. He's being transformed. Disciples are like jaw drop, like, what's going on? And then, boom, Moses and Elijah show up. If you don't know who Moses and Elijah are, man, they were dead thousands of years earlier. At least Moses was. Thousands of years earlier. That dude's got a tomb. He's dead. He's buried. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> and he's there now. He's standing there like just, wow, there's Moses. Cool. And there's Elijah. Last time I heard about that guy, it was a chariot of fire going up to heaven. He was translated to heaven. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Not die. Just boom, like Enoch and Elijah. Whew, that's a way to go out. And that's my funeral right there, baby. Woo, you know? Or like Lazarus, he just died twice, right? Like he died, come back, and die again. It's like, man, poor guy. Had to do it twice. Man, it's crazy. But here they are standing there like pure, like it's just like, real. It's like right in front of them. Like all of a sudden they got like a little taste of heaven. Like they saw past just the, just the side of eternity. And I can just tell you today that heaven is closer than you think. 
like just one breath away. I mean, just right there, like real, it's there. And all of a sudden they saw it and they saw Moses and Elijah and they thought, well, okay, dude, this is for real, dude. Like this is, this is game on. Like this, this is our life now. Like all of a sudden I start seeing what I can't see and my life is completely changed. And all of a sudden the voice of God is going to speak to them and something's going to be radically different. They see the transformation of these men. I kind of wonder at some level, like, what was Moses and Elijah talking about with Jesus? Because they said they're talking to Jesus. It's like kind of small talk, like, how's your trip been, Jesus? It's been fun on earth so far. It's cool. These are the guys, for real? That's it? These guys? These three? These fishermen? Cool. Good, good job. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you. You got this. I'm going to use me. I killed a dude, so you probably use these guys. You probably use them. That's pretty good. And there's just small talking up. And I think forever and eternity, Moses and Elijah can be like, yeah, well, you know what? One time I came down to Mount with Jesus, you know, and I just got to play a part of the story of God. That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? But that's how real heaven is. Like, just because you die, that's not the end. That's just a transition. That's just a little, little piece of a movement of time. And so we get to play a story of all eternity. And so Peter, James, and John are just getting their confidence built. They are just growing. What a moment of transformation they're seeing. And I want to tell you today, there's a voice in your life that's far greater than the voice found on earth. There's a voice in your life today that's speaking to you that's far greater than any voice, any friend, any, anything you see, any post, anything that's out. There's a voice that's so much greater. Can I encourage you guys today, not just the way the words that are spoken to you, but way the weight of the one who speaks them to you. I mean, we've had words spoken over us that are so negative. I mean, it seems like, especially in school, come on, just negative, negative, negative. We live in a tear-down, cancel culture world. But today, there are words that are spoken into you that are so much more powerful than the words that have been spoken over you in the past. Can I tell you today that the power of a word is found in the position of the person? The power of a word is found in the position of the person. And if that person doesn't sit on the throne of heaven, come on, somebody. He doesn't deserve to be the biggest voice in your life. And so you can tear down the, the power of those words. I think like an elephant. You know, you train an elephant, because this is a normal thing you do, right? It's every day you train an elephant. All right, they, they chain him up when he was little. He's put a little chain on his, chain on his uh, back leg, and they chain him, they train him and stuff. And he knows, like, that's where he's at. He's, tra- he's chained down, he can't move. And as the elephant gets older, they replace that chain with a string. And literally, they just carry a string around, and they think they're chained. There's there, I'm still chained. They have no idea the chain doesn't exist. They have no idea there's no power in a string. They haven't figured it out. And so they're just mentally just stuck. And there were so many of us as dads. There's a wound that's just a string. It's just a string. It's not a chain. It's not real. These are words spoken over. It's maybe one from a dad. It could be from anybody in your life. But today I believe God wants to break the string. Come on, somebody. We're not breaking chains. We're breaking strings. Because the word of God and God's word is so much stronger than any word spoken on earth. Man, don't give a person the power of heaven if they aren't sitting here on earth. Man, don't let the negative words in your life hold you down. Don't let negative thoughts consume you like a flood. Man, some of you have given people in your life way too much credit. Come on, somebody. Let me give way too much power. But today, God's word wants to speak to you. And I believe there's going to be a transformation that happens in your life. Look what God says in Matthew 17, verse 4. This is Peter. 
And he speaks up because, you know, Peter, he can't contain himself because here he sees Elijah and Moses, so he's got to do something. And so Peter says to Jesus, hey, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, I will put up three shelters. I'm going to build some work. I'm going to get some work done right now. I'm going to build one for you, and I want to build one for Moses, and build one for Elijah. Like, all of a sudden, Peter, like, he's on fire. Like, he's like, i got to do something. we got to put a hallmark moment. We're going to create a tabernacle here. We're going to put a shelter up here. It's going to mark this moment forever. And I love this. While he was still speaking... This, this happens, a bright light covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, dude, you know it's bad when the heavenly father interrupts you. Come on, somebody. I mean, Peter's like, we're going to do this and this and this, and God the father's like, <laughs> you know, Peter's like, and we're going to put one in. <laughs> it's just like, Peter's always putting his foot in his mouth, the glory of God. He's, on a, he's, he's like a speeding ticket, Peter. Like, I love what you're doing. Just slow down, okay? Calm down, Peter. And the voice of God speaks in the cloud. I love it. He says the same things he said earlier. He says, this is my son whom I love, and in him I am well pleased. And he adds this little piece. I think he added this for Peter. Peter, listen to him. Stop talking. You're on the Mount of Transfiguration, bro. I don't need a tabernacle. I need you to pay attention. And it says, the disciples heard this. They fell face down in the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. He said, get up, get up. Don't be afraid. He always says that, like we shouldn't be. And then we looked up, and there said no one, there's no one there except for Jesus. But I love this. Jesus, halfway through his ministry, he's done all these works. He's done these miracles. He's gathered disciples. He's training people. He's leading the way. And then he says, okay, I want you guys to come meet my dad. I want you to come up here. Come on. Come up to the mountain, and I want you to see my dad. I want you to hear his voice. I want you to be radically changed. I want to know what you get into, okay? This is what it's going to be all about. And that voice that spoke to him was so much different than the voice that spoke the first time. See, when Jesus was baptized, it said this way. It was all personal. It said this, Luke 3, 22, it says, you are my son. See, the father's talking to the son. It said, you, Jesus, you are my son whom I love. And with you, Jesus, I am pleased. But this time it's totally different. It's a proclamation. See, the father's no longer speaking to Jesus. The father, the father's speaking to us. The father's speaking to Peter, James, and John. And he looks at them and he says, this is my son. This is my boy. Come on, somebody. This is Jesus. I only missed this. You came up here to hear these words. This is Jesus, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Are you listening? I mean, that's what he did. It's a proclamation to us today. And I promise you, for Peter, James, and Paul, or Peter, they were forever changed. They were forever moved. There's so much confidence built in this word. Man, I love that. This is my boy. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, this is my boy. You better get used to saying this is my boy. This is my boy. The only one person can say that about Jesus. Come on. That's my boy. He's not our boy. He's not our homeboy. No, 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 no. But for God the Father, he can be like, that's my boy. I'm proud of him. I love what God's doing in him. I love the smile it brings on my face. You're doing incredible works for God. I love this. It's not enough for you as a dad to be proud of your family. It's just not enough. It's not enough to feel that way at night, like, oh, man, it's such a great family. No, 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 no. What the Word of God is teaching us here is that the world needs to know that you're proud of your family. Come on, somebody. The world needs to hear it. It's not enough for you to feel it or think it. It has to be said. you got to say it. It's like the missing link. You've got to just say it. If you've got someone positive, they just say it. Man, I'm proud of you. I believe in you. I know you messed up, but that's okay. I love you. I'm for you. I'm behind you. I love my boy, Jack. He's going to be a strong boy. He said, Jack, you're strong. He goes, and I'm fast. You know? It's like, that's right, boy. You better believe in yourself. Man, you better get some confidence because that's what you got to do. You got to grow these guys up. Man, I tell you what, the only type of post you should ever post on Facebook is a post where you're building people up. Come on. 
I mean, it's the only type of post that should be there, especially for Christians. That's my boy. Hey, look at that picture. Zoom in. See that little thing? That, that's my boy right there. Yep, he's doing it. And that picture, yep, that's God. He's working his life. He's going to do great things. Yeah, I know he burned the house down last night. I know what happened, you know, but he, he love him. You build people up. We encourage people. Man, I'm so proud of him. Man, I think of uh, Dan Duran. This, he was a campus pastor for Life Church in Overland Park. He passed away a few, a few weeks ago, and I went to his funeral. By the way, I was totally wrecked by the song earlier, The Blessing, because they sang that to his, to his wife in the front row and their kids. And he got the, the worship pastor got on his knees and started singing, he is for you, he is for you, for your children and your family. And I'm like, man, just rip your heart out. But Danny, he wrote these daily decorations. Like he just fall in love with Jesus and God's speaking to him. He said, this is what my life's going to be about. And so these declarations are just truth that, you know, God's speaking to you, but you got to remind yourself because we're not very smart. We're like Peter. Come on, somebody. And so he writes these declarations to help remind himself of things of God. And it's one of the declarations. I just loved it. He said, man, I am going to love my wife every single day. It's like, that's a good declaration. But then he took this extra step, and I was, like, so moved by it. He said, not only will I love her, but she will experience my love. Like, it's not enough for me to know it here. It's got to move. Like, every day she's got to know I love her. Come on, somebody. Like, as dads, this is, like, the missing link. Like, we feel it here, but we haven't done anything with it in a while, right? I'm not going to ask your wife how long it's been since you got some flowers, you know what I'm saying? Don't ask my wife either. Come on. <laughs> Don't be asking her. All right, that's not good. You'll be in trouble. But Dan Duran, man, it's like, man, what a huge heart. Like, that every day people around me know that they're loved. I mean, what if you walked right every day and be like, I'm so proud of you. You, you didn't have to guess if I was proud about it. You didn't have to figure it out. No, no, no. It's just clear as day that I love you and I'm proud of you and I'm for you and you are mine. Like, these are the only words spoken twice from the father to the son. He could have said anything he wanted. And he said these three things for us. I Man, I kind of encourage you today that you have to encourage somebody. Hebrews 3.13 says this. But encourage one another how often. What does it say? Every single Every single day, we encourage people daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This is so important in our lives. I've seen so many children and teenagers, adults, just everybody get bitter. You know, a lot of people get older and they get bitter. And some people get older and they get better. Come on, somebody. It's all this right here. It's just this encouragement, like this spiritual encouragement. These words spoken over you, because here's the reality. In your life, there are lies that come in your life every day. In the life of your kids, there are lies coming in every single day they hear from their friends. They hear from some, some, some nobody that wants to tear them down to be some nobody too. And they're just speaking lies all the time. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you'll never measure up. Like, oh, you're ugly. Phew, you're ugly. You'll never fit in with me. You're not that cool. You're not, you'll never make, you're not as good as that person. All these lies just all the time just hitting them. And they're hitting you, and they're hitting your spouse, they're hitting everybody, the person in front of you. They're, everybody's getting these lies in their head. But what happens is if nobody's encouraging you, it moves from your head to your heart. And all of a sudden, what you thought about yourself becomes what you believe about yourself. It's so sad when you meet young ladies that say, I'm, I'm not beautiful, I'm ugly, I deserve this. This generation trapped in cutting, generation trapped in depression, generation trapped in suicide. There's so many people hurting because there's nobody encouraging. Come on, somebody. And we just have the words. Like, we can say it. We can say it. Can we say it? I love you. I don't really know you, but I love you, right? 
I mean, I think about somebody who gives them love. I'm thinking of Randy Smith in the back end. He's got the donuts. This is why we love him. But that boy can hug somebody. Matter of fact, he came up and hugged me during teardown. I was over pulling some chairs, and he came up to me and gave him a big old hug. I tried to hug him. My arms couldn't get around him. You know, I was like, oh, Randy. You know, cracks your back. I'm telling you, man, that'll keep you going. I mean, that's the kind of love you got to have. I see how he treats his family. I'm not saying Randy's perfect, but I'm telling you, like, he loves his family. And they know. I'm telling you, oh, they know. They know Randy loves them because he just says it. And so for so many of us, we've just got to say it. I'm just telling you, we've got to be vulnerable. Can I tell you, vulnerability does not make you less of a man. It makes you more like God. I'm just going to say it again. Vulnerability does not make you less of a man. It makes you more like God. It does not make you weak to share your feelings. Actually, matter of fact, it takes way more courage and strength to be real than be fake. It takes way more strength to be a man of God than just be a man. It takes way more strength to stand up for your family and do what's right. It takes way more strength to believe in somebody when they've taken advantage of you or believe in somebody who doesn't measure up to what you think they should measure up for. Forgiveness and grace, all these things we get to model. And on earth, we are the picture of the Heavenly Father. Come on, somebody. Like your kids, you're the first dad. You're the first dad. And you got to model what it is. You know when you start praying, you know the first word you pray? Our Father. Come on. Like that's how Jesus taught us to pray. Like that's what, we're, that's what people see when they see us. Our kids look at us and go, man, you're my dad? I don't, I don't know, some people are like, I don't, want, I don't know if I want to know God after I met my dad. People are afraid of that sometimes. But we get to model that for a generation of people. Can I tell you to share your feels? Come on, somebody. Just share your feels. It's not enough to just be in your head and to say what you think. You gotta say what's on your heart. You can't just tell people how to do things and what they should do. You gotta start telling them why they do it. You better start telling them who they are and why that's important. You better start telling them who they are in God. You better start talking about Jesus with them. I love when my kids come home from church. I get, to, I get that little white piece of paper, you know what I'm talking about, right? And I could be like, okay, well, what about this? And they can quote the verse. I'm like, dude, you're doing better than your dad, you know? It's not good. Or it is good, but it's not good, you know? I mean, you read the questions, and they start telling you, and Emery, she starts talking about Jesus rolled the rock away, you know? It's like all, it's all the time. She always, she's picking up stuff all the time. This kid's just like, but I didn't grow up like that. I mean, you wouldn't have caught me dead knowing about a verse. I mean, I didn't know about John 3, 16 until I was like 15 years old. I didn't memorize my first verse until I walked in the door of Bible college. I never heard the story of David and Goliath until I was in a class of Bible history. So what about David and Goliath? Come on, somebody. But we get to shape a generation, amen? As dads, you can change and break the cycle for your family. My love this, how God ends this phrase. He said, this is my son whom I love, and with him I'm well pleased. And he says the last line, listen to him. That's such a dad thing, isn't it? That's a Father's Day message right there. Just do it. Pick it up. Be a man. Listen to Jesus. That might be the three most powerful words ever spoken by God. If you want to change your life today, listen to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Put your life to matter and have significance and purpose and and all these things, love, just be changed and transformed. Just listen to Jesus. So here's here's again about Jesus. It says, Jesus says this about himself in John 14. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. And you know the way to the place where I'm going. Saba's so like, we do. <laughs> we don't think we know the way. And so Thomas speaks up and he says, Lord, uh, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus quotes himself here and says the most famous verse you might know. It says, I am what? I am the, I'm the way. I am the way. 
like if you want to get to the Father, you better go through the Son. Like you're going to go to heaven, it goes through Jesus. He is the way. He's not a way. He's not one of many ways. He's not like one of the many spiritual ways we all try to have in life. Like all things, all roads lead to God. We're all going to heaven. It's all going to work out. Your truth, your truth. My truth, my truth. Oh, you feel that? Oh, that's cool. That's your truth. I feel this truth. Now, that's not how God operates at all. He says, I am the way. He's just the only way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the who? The Father, except through me. If you want to get to the Father, you better go through the Son. And if you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. For now on, you do know him and have seen him. Because if you want to be like the Father, you just got to be just like Jesus. Who knows? Like Father, like Son. Come on, somebody. The apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. And Jesus is the perfect picture of the Father. And the Bible says this about Jesus. He says, I am the way. He says, I'm the door, I'm the gate, I'm the narrow road, and Jesus holds the keys to your freedom. So today, if you need to rewrite your story, all you gotta do is just run to Jesus. Come on, somebody. You just gotta get some Jesus in your life. Just get alone with God. Matter of fact, it says John 14, 21, it says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, or in other words, whoever listens to my words is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by the Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Can I tell you, Dave, the wounds of your past are healed by the words of Jesus. Like if you need some hope today, you need some encouragement today, some identity today, you just need some confidence today, look no further than Jesus. And I'm convinced as Jesus followers, we have the ability to rewrite somebody's story today. Matter of fact, that Jesus did in my life. I was 20 years old and I was searching, what should I do? What, who is God? Does he truly love me? I could replace these words, my earthly father with my heavenly father. Who is this God? I've been through Bible college. Come on, somebody. Makes you a smarter sinner. Come on. But I got to know Jesus. And I'm telling you, everything changed for me when I fell in love with Jesus. Everything changed for me. The grace in my life, the forgiveness I can offer, the love that flows through me, all changed because of the love of Jesus. Because I know who I am and whose I am. And I have some confidence I can go against the grain in this culture. I don't have to agree with everybody. I don't need them to like me. Come on, somebody. You can judge a man by the enemy he keeps. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, you can. Just look around and see who doesn't like you. You'll know where you stand. You can judge a man by all these people around you. You know who you are today. And today we get to speak those words of life to other people. We get to rewrite somebody else's story. We get to move somebody by sharing a true life. So there's so many spiritual fathers in my life that poured into me along the way, even though my earthly dad wasn't always there for me, which I know he loved me. Come on. Five people in my life that I knew loved me, and they said it. And they're like superheroes for the faith for me. They're people who took me and shaped me and discipled me and led me. And you guys get to do that. You get to rewrite somebody's story today. You get to move somebody from defeat to victory, from brokenness to restoration, from lost, come on, I love this one, to found. The love of God can change somebody. From a follower, I love this one too, to a leader. That's what Jesus did. He said, uh, hey, Peter, James, yep, you come with me. We're going to go up on that mountain today. Some of you guys can just invite somebody into the mountain of God in your life. I mean, you can change somebody from abandoned to adopted, from hurting to hope filled, and ultimately from death to life in Jesus. Matter of fact, I want to just show you this last thing. This is how much confidence Peter had after seeing the mountain of transfiguration. See, Peter, he knows his death date. He knows it's coming because Jesus told him. 
And so Peter, he could have been stressed out. He could have been freaked out. He could have done all these other things, but instead he ran back to the words of Jesus because Peter was listening when the Father spoke to him. It says in 2 Peter 1.16, it says, for we do not follow cleverly devised stories. This is Peter talking. Like, we didn't make this up. This whole church thing in the crutch. Come on, somebody. This isn't a phase of my life. This is who God is. And it says, we did not follow clever devised stories when we were told about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were what? We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Like we saw God move. Like we heard the voice of God. I don't know about you. Can anybody give a witness that if God has moved their life? Come on, somebody. Come on. If God's moved your life, come on, somebody. Let them know. Somebody today needs to be like, okay, I'm, I've got to get on board with this a little bit. Like God is real. He's testifying. God has changed him. He said this, Jesus received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came down to him from, I love this, majestic glory. Come on, that's like the best phrase. I wish I had that phrase two weeks ago. I was preaching Exodus 34. What's that glory that's happening? That's just majestic glory of God, that radiant light shining through Jesus. I can't even describe it. It's just majestic glory. That's what I saw this cloud around Jesus, and it said this, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And I love this, we ourselves heard the voice that came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. Here's my question for you today, have you heard the voice of God in your life? When's the last time you got alone with Jesus? When's the last time God spoke to you and it just drove you forever? Because I believe some of you today, it's like a mountaintop experience. You're gonna hear from God and it's gonna forever change your life. You're no longer just gonna be your father's son. You're gonna be your father's son. Come on, somebody. And for some of you, you're gonna lead a movement of people, like your family, come on. And you're gonna do incredible stuff because you realize who you are today. And so Peter was driven. He saw the voice and heard the voice of God on a mountain years earlier. And it so moved his life that he can run with the gospel to the point of death. Can I tell you today, there's no self-made man. There's no self-made man. There's either transformed men or non-transformed men. You're either transformed by God or not transformed by God. But there's no self-made man. I've seen self-made man. It doesn't look anything like Jesus. That's not the way of life. That there is a way of life where you're transformed by the power of God. And if you want to be transformed, this is how Peter ends in 2 Peter 1. He says this. He said, we also have prophetic message of something completely reliable. What he's saying is you have the Bible. It is 100% true. And it would do well to what? To pay attention to it. I wonder where Peter learned that lesson. Huh. Be wise to listen to the voice of God. It'd be wise to get your Bible out, dust it off, and just get a word from Jesus. It says, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star, this is Jesus, the morning star rises in your hearts. And he says, above all, you must understand there's no prophecy of scripture that came about from prophets own interpretations. This wasn't made up for the prophecy never had its origin in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved them like a wind moves the sail of a sailboat. And the words that are written on those pages are 100% accurate they're written for our benefit. And today, God wants to speak to you. There's a lot of words of Jesus. They're in red. Come on, somebody. And you can just open your Bible and God will begin to talk to you. And you begin to be transformed and changed. And this Father's Day, I can't think of one greater thing to do than to celebrate our Heavenly Father and thank Him for giving us His words of life today. Amen. And we can leave 
different than we came in. We can be 100% transformed. And by our transformation, we're not just different, but generation upon generation upon generation is different. I'm a first-generation Christian. Any first-generation Christians in the house? That's what makes me special, I guess. First-generation Christian. That means you take it a little differently because you didn't have a model. You had to run to Jesus. And for so many of us today, you have to be the first-generation leader in your family for Christ. For so many of us, we're the first generation that runs to Jesus and gets words of life to know who you are, to know that you're loved by God, to have confidence in yourself, and to share that message with the world. Father, we come before you. God, I pray that we would be world changers for you. That this Father's Day, that we wouldn't just be focused on our earthly fathers. Today, we focused on our heavenly Father. And today, so for some of us, we need a word of healing in our lives. We've been wounded in the past. Maybe we walked in a limp. Maybe been running from something. But today, we're running to Jesus. Today, I want, there's a healing word that needs to be spoken into my life. I know the wounds in my past are healed by God. And today, I just need to get alone with Jesus. If that's you, without being ashamed of this moment, say, I just need Jesus. Would you just put your hand in the air and say, I need a moment with Jesus. I need to get alone with Jesus. Come on, put those hands up across this place. We've got to transform me. I see your hand. Why don't you pray this prayer? Say, Father God, just transform my life. God, just use me. God, I've been running from you, but today I'm running to you. God, there's words that have been spoken over me. God, I've been living in the past. I've been living in defeat. I've been living in failure, but today I'm living in victory. Today I'm living in the power of the cross and the one of Jesus who gave his best for me on that cross. Today I've just had a mountaintop experience. It's gonna transform my life, that you are proud of me, that you love me, and that is well pleased with me. I wanna pray for one more group of people today. Those of you who say, you know what? I need Jesus. For the very first time in my life, I recognize who God is, that God maybe is nothing like my father. Like my God loves me. He is for me. He is for me. He is searching for me. He has purposed me. He is proud of me. He wants to shape me. And this Jesus that is the way, I need the way in my life today. I've gone a lot of ways, but today I'm gonna choose the way, the only way through Jesus. Who is Jesus? He died on a cross 2,000 years ago for your sins. The Bible says anybody who calls his name should be saved and forgiven and made new. And so if you need Jesus today, all you gotta do is call out to him. If that's you without anybody looking around, you say, I need Jesus. Maybe you're online. You just raise your hand high and say, I need Jesus today. So I'll lead you through a prayer. I say, I need Jesus. Well, if that's you, just pray this prayer. Pray doesn't save you, but the prayer will share your heart with Jesus. Say this, Father God, thanks so much for the words spoken from a father to a son. Those words are now spoken in my life. I'm loved by Jesus. Thanks for dying across from me, God. Thanks for making me new. God, thanks for changing me. God, use me to shape generations. God, help me to be a spiritual father and a leader to a generation of orphans. God, help me to lead, God, through my humility. God, help me to follow you. God, shape me. I'll be a legacy builder. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give up those who came to Christ. Give up for God our Father today. Come on. Hey, if that's you today, whether you're with us in person or you're online, you made that decision for Jesus, I want you guys to know that we are so excited for you, and we want to help you in any way that we can. So if that's you, we've got a couple great next steps for you. And the first one is this. Just first, just let us know about your decision by texting RLNEXT to 97000. We'll have a, a team member reach out to you over the phone 
And their whole job is just to get you started off on the right foot, let you know how much God loves you, how much we care about you, and just get you resourced in any way that we possibly can. This is a journey that's going to last the rest of your life, and we don't do journeys alone around here. So let us be a part of that. The second one is this. If you happen to be with us in person on your way out of the worship center, grab a red bag. Inside there's a Bible. There's a link to some other great resources. It's just another great step to get started off on the right foot. So for everybody else, I've got a great next step for you as well. We are just a couple weeks into our summer life groups. If you haven't been a part or you haven't found one yet, man, can I let you know you are missing out? And Charlotte's talking about the power of relationship between a father and a son. And relationships are where we find healing. And there's a quote by Henry Ford, I'm probably gonna butcher it, but if you always do what you've always done, you're always gonna get what you've always got. And so if you want something new in your life and, and, and you're in a spot where you're broken and you're hurting and you need some healing, come check out one of these life groups. There's one that is meant for you. They've got groups that do archery, they hang out, they go on barbecue. Get on Facebook and you'll see the kind of love that these people have. And I just got, I've gotten to know so many of you guys through just life groups, you are truly missing out. Let God heal your lives through finding a relationship at a life group this summer. So one of the other great things you can do is if you call real life home is this, is that you get to make and change somebody's life. And you change the spiritual landscape of our city and our dream team by how you, uh, how you give to God and your generosity and your financial faithfulness. And so I wanna continue to just encourage you guys to continue to do that because every first time person that comes in and meets God or every person that gets plugged into the dream team and finds their purpose for what God has for them is all because of what you've done and how you've given sacrificially. So at Real Life, there's three ways you can do that. First one is you can go online at reallifechurchkc.com. Second is you can text any amount to 84321 or if you wanna use your cash or check, you can drop it in the box at the back of the worship center. Hey, take a quick second and check this video out. I want to invite you to something very, very special, something that will change your life. Man, here at Real Life, we have the hottest ticket in town. Coming up in July, we are kicking off a series called At The Movies. And hidden inside your favorite blockbuster hits is a spiritual truth that I promise will change your life. Yes, we have free popcorn and free candy and free soda. We have our own at the movies for the kids. We've got photo booth, all millions of things happen. It's amazing. But I would encourage you to be praying and inviting people out. This is an incredible opportunity for us to shine a light into the world. And I promise you, people are going to come out to watch our movies. And so starting July 4th, July 4th is a Sunday this year. We are celebrating big. We have the movie called The Patriot. We are kicking it off. We have a 10 o'clock gathering only followed by an incredible um, Independence Day All-American cookout just for you guys. So I'm gonna encourage you, start praying, start inviting, start pulling people in for this series. It's five weeks, it's gonna be incredible. And I can't wait to see you guys on July 4th. Man, you guys excited for the movies? Man, it is gonna be a great time, it always is. I'm with Pastor Sean, start praying and think about who you can invite. There will be people come to church at the movies that won't come any, uh, any other time of the year. So take the opportunity to invite those people. Hey, next week we have a very, very special Sunday. It's called Transformation Sunday. You're gonna to get to hear five stories of people and how God has changed their lives. It is gonna be inspiring, it is gonna be awesome. Don't miss that. 
don't miss it at all. If you need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member. We would love to pray with you. Can't wait to see you guys next week at 9, 30, and 11. Hey, on your way out, if you're dads or whoever, do not miss the donut bar. All the ties tied off there. Hang out for a little bit. We're going to have a great time. And as always, remember, who finds Jesus or whoever discovers Jesus finds real life and purpose. Thanks, guys.